Hello and welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. This episode of the Millennial Ag podcast is brought to you by Zyway Brand Fungicides by FMC. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode. I think before we get started, though, Catherine, we should um, send a, send prayers out or um, thoughts out to the Ukrainian um, people and their their country right now. Um, just getting glimpses of what's going on, and I can't I can't even imagine um, what that's like. And I know some of the fear to stateside regarding that is is truly real. So we don't want to. Um, put that aside and want to make sure we we recognize those people um, and everybody else that's involved in in that as well. So listeners, please send thoughts, prayers um, that way as well. But well, to dive into this week's episode, um, we have two very special guests with us this week. Um, Miss Bonnie and Brittany um, run a little um, Peter's family farm near where I grew up. And I've had the pleasure of getting to know Bonnie over the last couple of weeks playing basketball. So it's been, it's been fun to have an outlet, um, and to get to know Bonnie better. So I'm excited to also get to know Brittany this week. So thank you ladies for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Would you guys, um, maybe let's start with Brittany. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, um, as it relates to agriculture. So I am, I'm Brittany. I have five kids married, um, and I really don't have any kind of background in ag. Um, I didn't grow up farming. My family didn't grow up farming. Um, we grew big gardens growing up, but as far as me, I've always worked kind of in an office setting, um, with finances and accounting. So really no background in ag, um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brittany. And then Bonnie. Um, so I grew up pretty local on the south side of the Snake River Canyon um, in a family farm, a pretty small to all standards. I would say my uh, dad farmed a couple hundred acres at the most, a pretty wide variety of stuff. Um, one of three girls So I kind of took the most interest in the farm and kind of took on the typical son role. I guess you could say I was very interested and wanted to drive the tractor and learn everything that I could. Um, Then growing up, I uh, have a degree in ag science. I spent several years in some different industries, um, sugar beets, barley, um, herbicide type industries. Um, I'm married to a farmer. His, um, his family farms in Jerome. That's how Brittany and I met. They are, um, her husband and my husband are brothers who grew up here in Jerome farming. So he does a lot of just the typical commodity, commodity crops, working with local dairies, a lot of custom hay work. So kind of a broad aspect of it. We do have, um, three kids as well. So yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. Very good. So tell us about Peterson family farms. Um, 
I can start, I guess this is Bonnie. So when I was working my last corporate job, I had um, a good friend and we kind of wanted to get out of the corporate world. So we started a CSA. Um, so that's a community supported ag for those who may not know. Um, it's a membership subscription program. We just did all fresh produce. And that we did for several years. And when I was ready to expand that business, um, my partner then um, had her, her own stuff going on with her family. So I decided I was going to plant 30,000 strawberries and <laughs> <laughs> needed all the equipment to do it and never grown strawberries before. So um, Brittany found out and... Um, yeah. Yeah. I had just actually gotten a promotion at my office job and it had been a couple of weeks and Bonnie came to me and was like, Hey, I'm finally going to do this. Cause we had talked about, you know, berries in the past about, Oh man, that'd be so cool. And you pick stuff. You pick. And so she's like, I'm finally going to do this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're not doing this without me. Well, so, and, and I was at that time, five months pregnant. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good timing. Yeah. So um, she had already started the process and I just kind of piggybacked on and, and we changed a few things, decided to add um, some flowers, offer some flowers at the UPIC and, and that we, we, it's uh, gone a long we way. We increased the yeah. amount that we had originally planned on growing and yeah, kind it's, of it's just evolved and then it's evolved from there for sure. Yeah. So, so kind of just, just a whim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. Cause that's kind of how Catherine and I started the podcast to, you know, brainstorming and then realizing yeah. we wanted to make, make our brainstorm actually a reality. So I think that's really, really special. How long have you guys been, been operating? So we are headed into our fourth growing season. So not very long. That's, that's awesome. And I just did the the amount of berries and expansion, it sounds like you've had in the last four years is, is pretty impressive. You mentioned you pick, what do you, for listeners that don't know or understand that side, what do you mean by you pick? So initially, um, we are very close to where there many, many years ago was a grower who did grow strawberries and did all you pick. So it was kind of like, the local people remember that, if, you know, and um, you just have your berries for a certain season and kind of let the public know when they're ready and they come and harvest them themselves. Typically, that would mean you maybe get a price break because you're the one harvesting them and usually in larger quantities. Um, so that was kind of our initial thought is, you know, that's great. We'll harvest them or we'll plant them. And then, you know, you get other people to do the harvest work. So, um, it definitely, we've changed our opinions on that. <laughs> how so, so? Yeah. How come? Um, that first year we had a lot, we planted a lot of strawberries, um, and actually had a really good crop. Um, maybe we didn't do the marketing just right. I think probably initially we didn't even know when, you know, the harvest period would be. 
Yeah, um, we had several different varieties, so it wasn't like a it's on for a month, everybody come. Awesome. It was more, oh, this variety came for a week and then we had nothing. And then, yeah. so it was hard to keep that excitement with people when we had those breaks in between. Mm -hmm. So we did do quite a bit of you pick that year, but I think one of the biggest um, things that typically was strawberries. So strawberries, there are a couple different types. You have your June bearing strawberries that are on very heavy crop in typically June and then they're done for the year. So that's what a lot of people are accustomed to with you pick. Okay, so the berries are gonna be ready in June. Well, we kind of went a different route and grew the everbearing varieties that come on and they continue to produce into the fall. Um, so they needed to be harvested every couple days. For us to be open for you pick, um, it was just really difficult to get that schedule figured out when people could come and wanted to come. And then into the fall, really the excitement of, oh, it's the spring and the summer and fresh produce. Instead, people's attitudes at that time of year is more like, okay, we're going back to school. We're playing soccer. We're, you know, we're doing other things. So we kind of had to find some different markets, um, which we did. And we harvested a lot of them ourselves and um, moved into some other retail wholesale outlets that worked really well and kind of moved us to where we are today with, yeah, with the berries. A whole, whole new door for us. Yeah. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise, kind of. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what does it look like, these new markets and, and I guess how you're, how you're producing for them today, how you pivoted? Um, so I'm going to let Brittany answer that one. Cause she really, she did a lot of that market research and kind of drug me up to the Wood River Valley. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's really just a lot of trial and error is what we went through. Um, we do a lot of wholesale. We offer a lot of wholesale. We've, it, it took us outside of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, it was more like, Let's go knocking on doors and um, Googling people and making phone calls. And we don't know what the answer is going to be when we make that phone call. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we'd go into uh, the grocery stores up there and just introduce ourselves. We made some really fast marketing flyers and took those with us. Uh, and basically just had product on hand because we had a lot of it that we needed to dispose of, get rid of, you know, sell or dispose of. So, and she's being very humble right now because <laughs> I did not want to do any of that stuff at all. And there was her, some tears <laughs> with her flower side of the business. I mean, that's um, a lot different than selling produce where we have a lot of the food safety issues. Um, so she was, you know, Googling florists and whatnot, and then telling me like, just call a grocery store and see, just call them. And I was like, I, they're not going to, I don't have any certifications, like none of that. And <laughs> just call them, Bonnie. So just I did. It. And yeah, it was the worst uh, they can do is tell you no. <laughs> yep. And that, that is the truth. <laughs> so, so you so you, to get in those markets, was it a one-time, you know, like, Hey, we have X amount of, of berries available, um, for this amount of time, or was it a continued relationship 
that you still have today and throughout different seasons too? So at our growth, oh, so I mean, in addition to the berries, I've always grown a lot of produce because we've been doing the CSA. So we'd grown, I mean, over a hundred different varieties of vegetables and fruits. So um, it really started with the berries and then has gone from there. Um, we sell to um, private chefs, restaurants, grocery stores, bakeries. And a lot of those has been nice because we can combine our um, we can combine both sides of the business with flowers at the grocery store along with produce and bakeries and edible flowers and um, selling that way. Oh, that's, that's really cool. You can bundle, bundle that. So you keep alluding to the floral side of the business. So um, do you want to kind of expand on what, what your floral business and the flower side of things looks like? Yeah. So this, it just kind of came on a whim. Like I had mentioned before, I, um, kind of just Googled the most profitable crop that I could grow on a small scale and to add to our U pick. And so floral was one of the first things cut flowers was one of the first things that came up. And so I researched it a little more and And that's how it started. I, I bought a lot of seed and with trial and error, just planted probably about an acre of flowers, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it really is a lot of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when doing so, you know, I never had a desire to like sell at farmer's markets or anything like that. It was just, oh, we're going to offer these when people come pick their, pick the berries. But when the flowers actually came on, I had a lot. And um, so again, that's when I loaded up, we had a Suburban that I would load the back up and um, we went around to the florists. Uh, we went up north to the Sun Valley area and um, we established relationships with people and, and it just grew from there. And so now, um, most of my cells, 90% of them are wholesale to florists and event coordinators, things like that. Oh, very cool. And after, well, after our first year, we really realized that Brittany's passion was the flowers and I really was more towards the berries. So we definitely made a an intentional split with the business at that point in time. Mm -hmm. um, so we help each other a little bit, a lot morally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, going into our fourth season now, really it's, it's almost two different businesses. Mm -hmm. We just, we travel together and have a lot, we have a lot of the same customers. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So you guys find that you're able to, to, um, I guess, sell, even though sell, sell your products, even though it's seasonal, um, you, you have those relationships and have built them so that, um, you've got, do you have a lot of repeating customers every year? Yeah, the majority, I mean, we do pick up some new, but the majority of our customers are repeat. Okay. 
Very good. Well, this, this conversation is really interesting and we've got lots more questions for you, but first we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient Flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Well, well, we thank you um, for kind of diving into the business. And one of the questions that's kind of popped into my head is you've talked about split, kind of splitting the business and still being um, there for each other. What's it like working as sister-in-laws together? Um, what are some of the, the fun portions of it? And what are some of your challenges associated with it? So anytime you have uh, a, a business, family business, any kind of business and money's involved, it, it obviously can get tense at times. And um, we've had our moments, but I feel like for the most part, um, it's been pretty smooth sailing. How Bonnie had mentioned after that first season, we restructured the way that we had our business set up. And I think that helped a lot um, because we are, even though we have the same in, maybe not the exact same end goal in mind. We are working towards the same thing, but we're two different people. So, um, but in the same sense, I feel like that helps us having differences because um, like she's a numbers, Bonnie is a numbers person. She is, it's gotta be on paper, you know, it's, she's gotta be able to, to see it in, on paper. And I'm not like that. I'm just kind of like a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. <laughs> and so I think, those attributes, um, it balances us out a little bit, mm -hmm. so. I think one of the really um, blessings for us, like we had known each other for a very long time ahead of time, um, where I grew up on a family farm and we are married into family, a family farm. Like it's no secret that times get very tense. And there's times a year when certain people don't speak to each other. And, you know, <laughs> so I think going into that, we, we knew that we were going to have to be careful. We're going to have to be very honest with each other all the time because we didn't want that to happen to us because we were friends first. Um, and also one of the really great things with us is our kids are um, very close in age. And so it's kind of been really fun that way too, because we are working together. The kids drive the four-wheeler across the field <laughs> and have a great, you know, it's literally like the best of the best way to grow up in the world, you know? And so while we're working, we can have the kids there with us. They're all playing together. And when we get stressed out, we can kind of keep each other in check. Um, so it, there definitely are challenges. Um, but I do think Brittany's right. Our personalities can help keep us in balance for sure. When it's like, I know you're burnt out. Let's, you know, take a Sunday afternoon off and mm -hmm. <laughs> don't look back. And there's been many times that Bonnie's been, even though she hates it, she comes over and helps me 
put together bouquets or, <laughs> you know. I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. I think having the, having the knowledge of how family farms are, though, definitely helps to know what challenges will arise at some point in time. Yeah. So, So what, what lies ahead for the future? What do you guys have big goals and plans that you can share with us? Or are those kept under lock and key for now? I mean, I would say it not lock and key. We may not be able to tell you because we probably don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I say that for myself, definitely. Um, even when I was doing the CSA it, so I'm kind of into the market gardening eight or nine years now, and it really just evolves every year, kind of based on how old my kids are and what they're able to do, um, what daycare situations are, what our, our customers are looking for. Um, so this year for us, we really, I, for myself, I really have backed off a lot on the UPIC portion, um, of the farm. Um, it's just much easier to manage my time that way. Um, I'm also, we no longer offer a CSA right now just because of the wide variety that we had to grow. So I'm really focusing more now on a lot of our wholesale outlets, um, in really focusing on the people that encourage us, understand what we do, who, which for me is a lot of the chefs that I work with. Um, they understand the quality. They know what they want. They're not afraid to give me feedback. Um, and, you know, just anyone who's willing to say, hey, will you grow this for me? Or I'm not going to question you know, what your pricing is, because I know it's worth that. Um, so that's kind of where I'm headed. I do have a three-year-old who kind of has to keep my big dreams in check for now, because <laughs> I do have him a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> your turn. Yeah. And, um, for the floral side, we are full steam ahead. Um, I'm adding new varieties every year. This year I'm focusing on growing the perennial side of things. Um, so I'll be adding a lot of perennials to the fields. And uh, a big one that I've been trying to get figured out for the last couple of years is um, shipping. We're gonna, I'm gonna try to start shipping this year. Not try, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start shipping this year. Um, so that's been one of the things that I've been working on on the off season is getting that all ready. So we are, we're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. We'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. It's cool to hear about, um, you know, especially women in agriculture starting up. Um, this doesn't really sound like a side hustle. It's a whole nother hustle <laughs> that you guys are doing um, and just working to bring diversity and and, uh, you know, value add to your, to your community. I think it's really awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, where we live here in Southern Idaho, I think it surprises a lot of people, the variety and the diversity of things that we can grow. 
I mean, our climate is perfect for a lot of stuff. So it's, it's exciting to help other people, you know, and educate them also on the ag side. Um, you know, we're not just all about potatoes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the wildest thing that you can grow? Like, what's the, what's the one thing that you're like, how in the world do we grow this in Southern Idaho? You know, I don't know so much as if it's what we grow. The thing that I get the most surprises is the length of our season. And a lot of it, some of my favorite stuff are the cool weather crops. You know, when we'd start our CSA the beginning of June, the first week, and people are going, how do you have 10 different things already ready? You know, how is it possible that I already have broccoli? And, you know, it's it's kind of that portion of the education that you're like, well, you know, like you can actually start growing stuff way before the, you know, the commonly known June 1st and frost is over date. So kind of that's really fun. We have grown in the past, um, things like okra and artichokes and um, different stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of fun. It's always like, oh yeah, I'll give that a try. (laughs) Just ask and I'm not afraid. (laughs) that is so cool and I'm I think it's so cool for our community too to have have you two you know heavily involved in and and bringing the next generation of of agriculturalists too and it doesn't have to be you know the traditional it can be but it doesn't have to be you know out in the tractor with that it could be at home with mom picking berries which I think is is really yeah. cool to start shifting that. Um, one of my last questions I have from, for you guys is how, um, how do you involve the kids? You kind of mentioned a little bit about it and how is it raising the next generation of, of little farmers, um, out there with you guys? Well, they're kind of in, involved, um, without a choice. <laughs> uh, Bonnie said she has, uh, young ones and I have young ones. I have, um, well, I, I have five kids. My oldest is 19 and she, she's probably one of the most interested in the business and she has helped out a lot. Um, year two, she was one of my main delivery gals and, um, she has a knack for floral design. And so she's been involved a lot with that. Um, and then my teenage boys, they, they pretend like they don't care, but they do. I know they do. (laughs) Uh, and my two, I have two littles. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and, um, they love it. They love to be outside when it's warm. Um, and they know if they want to find mom that, you know, that's where they need to be. That's where they go and they enjoy it. They enjoy whenever they see a flower, they associate that with me and know that I'll love it no matter what. (laughs) So, we have yeah dandelions and all so um it's been great um it's good it's also I mean it's a challenge it really is a challenge um I farmed with all three of mine from the time they were babies and Um, it was hard. It's hard to focus on work and focus on kids. I've had times when I've had them at home with me, times when we put them in daycare or with other family. Um, 
so it's, it's great to have them there. I think a lot of it too, for me is they know where their food is coming from. They're going to go out and pick their own vegetables that they like to have. You like cucumbers, go get it. You like cherry tomatoes, you go pick them, you know, and they're excited to do that. And they're excited to share that with their friends. Um, so it's, it's fun that way, but it for sure is a challenge to have them at home and make sure you're working and everyone's kept safe, but, um, it's nice. We're right by the house as well. So it is definitely can go both ways on that one. Yeah. Well, very cool. And we thank you guys so much for coming, coming on the show this week with us. Um, do you have any parting thoughts, words of wisdom you want to leave listeners with before we sign off? Um, I think I would just say that really it's, you have to ask the questions and don't take no for an answer. Um, get outside your comfort zone and really, you know, it's, you have this one life to live and it's not worth sitting in an office. If you'd rather be outside doing something else, um, you kind of just got to go for it and stick with it. Don't yeah. give up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure great advice. Really is, great advice. That is awesome. And, and then where can listeners find you or follow you? Um, if they have more questions or want to get some berries or flowers or flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have, um, we have an Instagram page, a Facebook page and a website, um, all under Peter's family farms. So all three of those areas are good ways that you can reach out, send us a message, um, and we can answer any questions. Yeah, we're happy to answer phone calls, texts, or anything, and work with our local customers on whatever. We thank you listeners for tuning in to this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Millennial Ag, or you can email us at talktous at millennialag.com. Until next week, we are Millennial Ag. This episode was brought to you by Zyway. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented season-long inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions.